Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Have you ever sensed that a friend or a family member had a degree of interest in investigating the evidence for Christ, but they were hung up on something. You might call it a, a sticking point, something that they just couldn't get out of that was holding them back. Maybe you could be at a place like that in your life. You could be dealing with your own mental sticking points as it relates to the faith. Now, what do I mean by a sticking point? This can happen when people are feeling attracted towards God. They're on a journey towards God. But then they hit something and it blocks them. There could be an issue or an objection, a question, a concern that blocks their progress to be able to break through. And this morning, I'd like to talk about a a couple of those that that I sense are, are probably the more dominant ones. A couple of the most common, I guess I would call them, spiritually sticking points that come up when one investigates the case for Christ and seriously has to look at and confront what is before them when they make that kind of decision. And that essentially is the process of what confirmation is in a church. It is presenting the evidence, and then the confirmants have an opportunity to say, what are you going to do about that? Maybe it's good that we all have that opportunity to review and renew that kind of decision. Maybe one of these sticking points could be yours. And I hope that um, our spiritual journey and what we talk about this morning will be helpful to you. Well, what's the first, I guess I'd call it a spiritual sticking point that I'd like to first touch on. It's the sticking point that goes something like this. I don't know what to believe. I hear this more than I think any other issue for the honest seeker after truth than I just don't know what to believe. This probably hits all of us at one time or another. Now what I'd like to do is let's go to that Ethiopian eunuch for just a moment. He had a sticking point. And when he had this sticking point, he invited Philip into the carriage to ask him about a passage of Scripture that he was having a hard time with. And that was Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53 was a prophecy foretelling the suffering of the Messiah. 
written hundreds of years before Christ. And this eunuch asked Philip, tell me, please, who is this prophet talking about? Himself or someone else? Then Philip began with that very passage of Scripture in reading it. And he told him the good news about Christ and how that was foretelling the coming Messiah. And so Philip clarified what the Bible was teaching. And that was a defining moment for him. Now today, people get confused because they hear all kinds of interpretations of the Bible. They're honestly seeking for truth, but they see different denominations. They hear some people talking about the Bible, that they need to take it literally. Or some will say, well, the Bible is just kind of some moral guideline. They hear using the Bible to support contradictory positions. They try to read the Bible and they get bogged down when they turn to the book of Leviticus which is just filled with Old Testament law. And so they throw their hands up and they say, I don't know what to believe. It seems like the meaning of the Bible changes with who interprets it. Who's right? That's an honest dynamic, folks, because that's out there. And if that's your Sticking point. It's important to know that the key to accurately understanding the Bible is the same as understanding any communication. And that is, you must study to determine what the writer actually meant. What did the writer really have in mind? What was the writer getting at? And here's the problem we have with that. And that is, we have to look at what the writer wanted, not what we want the Bible to say. Not to interpret it for our benefit, and not to read our biases into it, but to figure out honestly and clearly what the writer intended to communicate. Now, I think that's important because sometimes we let what we want the Bible to say to get in the way of what the Bible is actually saying. Suppose you, here's a for instance. I, I think you, it, you might understand this a little better. Say you have a... Um, a 16-year-old daughter. Now, I can relate to that because we have two daughters. And I remember what it was like when they were in that 16 years of age viewpoint. You have a 16-year-old daughter, and um, you allow them to go to a popular hangout. Okay? They want to go where all their friends are going. It's the popular place. And you say, okay, You can go there, but here is my instruction for you. You must be home before 11. Okay? 
There it is. How would you interpret that? To me, it seems pretty obvious, doesn't it? You must be home before 11. But what if it gets to be about a quarter to 11? 10.45. And they're having a great time with their friends. And they don't want to end their evening suddenly. Then there begins to have this this difficulty in interpreting the instruction. It might go something like this. What did dad really mean when he said, you must be home before 11? Did he literally mean us? Or was he talking about you? In general, the sense like people in general. Or was he saying in effect, as a general rule, people must be home before 11 o'clock? Or was dad just making an observation that generally people are in their homes? Dad really wasn't very clear to me. And what did he mean by, you must be home? Home before 11. Dad didn't explain who's home, right? Now, this is how we look at Scripture. It's how we lens that we go through in Scripture. Well, that could be anybody's home. And maybe Dad just meant home figuratively. There's that saying, home is where the heart is, and my heart is here. And does that mean that I'm already home if I'm here? Okay. I think so. And what did he really mean when he said... You must be home before 11. 11, did did he mean that literally? 11? And if dad meant that literally, he never specified a.m. or (laughs) p.m. Parents, I hope you're taking notes. And he wasn't really clear on whether he was talking about Central Time or Pacific Time because it's still uh, 945 in California. And when you think about it, it's always before 11, wherever time is. It's always before 11, like it's always happy hour somewhere at 5 o'clock. I think you're getting the drift, aren't you? How we can look at something and we can really bring our biases to it. So with all of these ambiguities, if you will... We can't really be sure what dad meant at all. And if dad can't make himself clear, we certainly can't be held responsible for following the instructions. That's the dynamic. If it's not clear, then I am not responsible to do what it says. Therein lies the issue of coming to terms with the Christ, how we view the scriptures. We see how our motives can radically color the way we interpret things. And people, people will do that with the Bible. They'll do it with the Bible to get around things they read 
that they don't agree with or don't want to do or they don't want to apply to their lives. Where there is a clear statement in the Bible suddenly becomes very murky when we're looking for ways to avoid them. Yeah. It's hard. I kind of like the story of W.C. Fields. He was uh, very ill in the hospital and one of his friends went to call him in the hospital and W.C. Fields was, was thumbing through the Bible. And his friend said, Fields, what are, you, what are you doing with the Bible? And he said, looking for loopholes. Looking for loopholes. Well, I get it. How can I, how can I not do what it says? How can I find a way to come to God on my terms? But the way to read the Bible... And I would encourage you to read your Bible beginning this way. The way to read the Bible is to ask a question right as you jump in there. And that is, what did the communicator intend for me to understand? What was intended for me to understand as I go through these words? That's a really helpful tool. And you may want to just, you know, I'd write that in the front of your Bible. What did the communicator intend for me to understand? Ask that question. Now, I'm going to be honest. There's very, I mean, there are, not very, there are difficult sections in the Bible. And well-intended people can legitimately debate the finer points. And have a good biblical cause for that. A brief example, I would say, would be baptism. You know, there's some churches, they, they, they don't baptize infants, they dedicate infants. You have to be an adult, you have to confess your faith, and then you're baptized. And then there's, there's a lot of historical churches that, that affirm uh, infant baptism. And you can find a strong biblical um, position for either one of those. We know that as we read the scriptures, adults believed and then they were baptized. For a number of reasons. One, it was the first generation to be baptized. Then we have the first household, first Gentile household to be baptized, the household of Cornelius. It says his whole household was baptized. You would think that would also mean kids. It doesn't say Cornelius' household except his kids and those who weren't confirmed were baptized. It says in the Bible his household was baptized. So you can see how we can, you know, there's, there's room in looking at the scriptures for differences of opinion. And, and you just have to see where you chime in on that and, and what, how you see that. That's, that's not a, 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 a major, it should never be a deal breaker for coming to Christ. But when it comes to the critical, when it comes to the critical central message of what you and I need to know most, there's no ambiguity. There's no ambiguity whatsoever. And there's one verse, one verse I just uplift 
to where there's no ambiguity. It's very clear. There, you, you cannot find any kind of way where this can be watered down anymore. And it's, it, it is taken from the book of Romans. Romans is that, that great theological work where it kind of puts everything together and it articulates what it all means. And one verse that is remarkably clear and accurate is Romans 6.23 where it says, The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. In Christ Jesus, our Lord. And let's talk about the wages of sin. Let's talk about, you know, when we go in a direction that's far from God, if we follow some kind of mindless animal instinct and, and don't look at the morals and values we have as human beings, that is a path that will kill you. And we see people killing themselves who've surrendered to a biased way of living. But we know that that ultimate gift that God has given us through his Christ is life, is life. You don't have to know everything about the Bible to know something. Okay? You don't have to know everything about the Bible to know something. And that verse is pretty clear about the central truth that we need to know and to embrace as Christ's followers. There's no ambiguity or confusion about it. Which brings us to the second sticking point, okay? You know, the first one is, I just don't know what to believe. And it's an interesting second one. And the second one is... um, I do believe. Isn't that enough? You know, it's kind of hits pretty close to home to some of us. These people say, I understand the gospel. And I not only understand it, I believe it's true. I understand it. I've read it. I believe it's true. But I still have a sticking point. And the sticking point is, I feel like something is holding me back. From experiencing the kind of relationship with God that, that's the people who I respect and admire, that they talk about. I see, the, I see this joy in their life. I see this, 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 this new life. And, you know, we, we, we believe the same stuff. We read it. But I... I it's, it's not working for me. It's just, isn't it enough that I, I, I'm saying what they say, I confess what they confess, but it's just not hit the heart yet. And they will say things like, even though I believe these things, God seems to be distant from me. Why is God do I sense distant from me when I, I do believe this? Why can't I really connect? Why? And here's why. Merely agreeing with the gospel 
isn't enough. And it's not just enough to understand. I know, well, scholars who, who, who are frustrated because there's something still sticking them. Believing, believing, that's just step one. It is the first step, but we must also receive. Think about a Christmas gift. Now, a Christmas gift doesn't become yours until you reach out and, and receive it. Otherwise, it just sets unclaimed and unopened under a tree. It's there. Believe it's there. You see it's there. But there's something about only opening it up. There is a, a, a simple, I guess I'd call it a spiritual equation. And if, you, if you'd like to uh, chew on a, passage, a verse of Scripture, go to, go to John one twelve. You might want to read that this afternoon. But if you go to John one twelve, there's this great uh, equation. And it's simple, simply how I'd like to, to talk about the sticking point. And the equation goes like this. Believe plus receive, then you become. Kind of. Two plus two, isn't it? We don't have to make it complicated. We can't become without both elements. You won't. We must believe in him intellectually, but we must also receive his forgiveness and leadership personally. And how that plays out is between you and our Lord. What that looks like, how the kinds of decisions it's made, what that means for your future, that's part of our congregational personal walk with God that we embrace, that we hold on to. Now that is what the Ethiopian eunuch did. He learned the meaning of Scripture. Of that passage he was reading. And he believed it. But then. He received. This free gift of salvation. By trusting. The promised Messiah. That was demonstrated there. In his act of saying. I want to be baptized. And the result. He knew. He was a child of God. I think sometimes we know we need to say that. Oh, God loves God's everywhere. God loves everyone. Oh, yeah, I know God loves me, but sometimes we don't believe it. If we believed it, we wouldn't be so depressed. How can you be depressed when God loves you and you know it? And you know that you're in his hand and in his care. That is a remarkable, great news of the gospel. The eunuch knew he was a child of God and was swept up in the joy of forgiveness and new life in Christ. I like how uh, the story of Acts concludes. 
And I, like to, I just want to read it again. I love put, put the next slide up. I love it. As they traveled along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, look, here is water. What can stand in the way of my being baptized? He wanted to receive it. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water and Philip baptized him. And when they came up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away. And the eunuch did not see him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Where are you? On the journey of investigating the case for Christ. What obstacles may be standing in your way? Some things identify these. Oh, yeah, I see. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Now can be a time to maybe work on getting past some of those sticking points. And saying, okay, I, 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 I might need to work a little bit on, on some of the questions on the belief factor. Or maybe I need to understand what it means to really receive and, 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 and live as I have so that I may become, become fully that which God has created me to be about. Get past your sticking points once and for all. Believe that truth. Receive the Christ. And become. Realize you are a new creation in him through his love. Let us pray. Father, I don't know everything about you. But this much... I believe I am a sinner and your son is my savior. I confess the sin in my life and and I reach out to receive the free gift of forgiveness and life abundant and life eternal that Jesus purchased for me on the cross. I want to become And know and have the confidence and the assurance that I am a beloved child of the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Thank you for your grace. Now please fill me with your Holy Spirit and lead my life from this day forward. Amen. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.